It was just me and Sam, my business partner, for a long time, right? We did everything, right? And then as, we, as we've grown, we, we've had to decide, okay, what's our next key or most important hire, right? That's going to help us to continually be able to focus more on higher level tasks or strategy uh, and things like that versus the day-to-day operations. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Well, today I have a little different focus for you. I've been reading a book recently that I wanted to share a little bit with you and a couple details about some things we've been doing inside of Lockbridge Capital around some thoughts from this book, actually, that we've already been implementing, but then I've recently been reading this book and they're very connected or related. Uh, But all right, it's called Your Most Important Number and it's by an author called uh, Lee Benson. I haven't heard of him really before, uh, but a number of things that he has laid out in this book seems so similar to a number of other types of strategies like traction or EOS, EES, a couple of different things that different business owners, entrepreneurs have created different operating systems, right? For businesses, uh, but ultimately to ensure, right, which direction you're going, right? As an organization overall, <laughs> do you know Uh, It would be a good question for you. Do you know which direction you're going? How are you measuring that, right? Uh, And then does everybody from the top down ultimately know which direction the organization is going and what role they play in that, right? And can it be measured from the top to the bottom as well, right? Can we measure from the top? Are we making progress? Are we not? But all the way down to the last person, can the tasks, the things that they're assigned, what the things they're performing at, can it be measured, right? And what are those things? And and I found it personally to be quite difficult to lay those things out at times. And and it's, you know, it's something that's so important though, right? That people know what they're responsible for. And for you to really move the ball forward in a big way, you have to know what your people are responsible for. They, and ultimately they have to know what they're responsible for. And it's, like I said, it's not been an easy thing for me to lay out. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit, how we've tried to do that and how we're continually uh, improving that or, or attempting to, or as, as we learn, right? All entrepreneurs and, and as I learn from these books and different things, I'm trying to share those things with you, the listener, uh, but also implement them, right, within LifeBridge. Uh, and one thing I just want to point out, which uh, Lee Benson points out many times, I think it's, it's right on, uh, winning means keeping score, right? You think about, uh, any any sports game or or anything, right? There's a score, uh, and it matters to every every team member, right? And if you think about a baseball field, right? Every team member knows the position that they're playing, and they've practiced enough that they know, you know, I would say every combination uh, of of options that could be played out. But however, they do know the majority of the options. They practice enough. They played most of them. So the, the ball is hitting a certain part of the field, no matter what position you're playing or, or where, say, the, the runners are, or what bases they're on, most likely you know where you should be standing, you know where you should be running to, you know you, who you should get the ball to, right? So the best play can be had uh, or, you know, the, 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 the correct person can be got out at the right time or all those things. But there's a score, right? There's a score. And to win, a score must be kept. And so then every player is behind that score and even the audience is behind 
that score in a big way. Now, the numbers matter, right, to the players and the fans in a big way, as we all know. And it doesn't matter what really what sport it is it, it, and in business as well. So about these numbers, Lee talks about uh, in this book, Remember, it's it's called your most important number. I encourage you to go through it or read it, or at least audible, audibly listen to it, right? You can take some of these nuggets that he lays out because I, I will not have time today to go in as much detail as he does about a number of these things. I may go I go into a few things today and then I, I may do another episode, following episode that will uh, elaborate on a few more things that he goes out, uh, goes into in the book. But he talks about when when businesses don't publish their numbers, employees feel a lack of engagement. And you've heard me recently, I actually, uh, if you've been listening very long, uh, you've heard me recently talk about a platform called EES, uh, similar to EOS from Traction, uh, that we've been implementing internally. And and ultimately, there's a, a one portion of that called RREKs. It stands for Roles, Responsibilities, Expectations, and Key Numbers. And ultimately, you lay one of those out for every employee. Okay, every employee from the top down should have an R-R-E-K. And it, it does just that, right? It lays out the roles, responsibilities, all right? That person is responsible for the expectations and the key numbers that are affected in the, in the organization by them performing these roles, responsibilities, right? And so, so it's helpful, though, as a leader of the organization to have to do this for every employee, it's not easy. You think, oh yeah, I know, yeah, I know what that is, or whatever. But I encourage you to think through it. Uh, it, it is it's difficult at times, and sometimes you know, what happens in a small organization, and it and in ours as well, uh, no doubt about it. Like everybody has to be a Swiss Army knife to some degree, and so we may say that somebody is, let's say, they're an investor relations specialist. Well, I may need them to do a few other things that are outside of that wheelhouse, right? Uh, just because we're a small, tight-knit group. Uh, and maybe this person has other skill sets, right, that we can utilize as an organization. Uh, and and I, I would say that that's not always the best thing, right? Especially as you grow, you're going to gain a higher level of specialty or experience in a specific part of the business, right? Where when you're smaller, tight-knit, you don't have that luxury, right? You don't have a, a, a really large team yet, or you may, you may not have the balance sheet yet to hire a number of more people. So you got to make do. And we've all had to do that, right? My, it was just me and Sam, my business partner, for a long time, right? We did everything, right? And then as, we, as we've grown, we, we've had to decide, okay, what's our next key or most important hire, right? That's going to help us to continually be able to focus more on higher level tasks or strategy uh, and things like that versus the day-to-day -day operations. And it's this continual battle and process, which we've also talked about in a number of shows, and I'll talk about more uh, as well. But we want you to think about knowing what those numbers are and then publishing them for the entire team. Another show that I did where I talked about our compass and it's called a compass because it lays out so many things for your business and the direction, right? It's giving direction in so many areas of the business is on this compass from your core values, your mission statement to your kind of first year goals or one year goals to three year, three year aim, all these things, your, your BHAG, your, all these things that, that you need to think through as a leader of the organization. But, but, even bigger than that, you need to be able to present that to your entire team. We've not done a great job at that internally at Lackbridge. We're trying to do better. 
as we can, it's a, it's a, a target that continually moves as well. Just know that, expect that from the very beginning, it's going to continue to move. Things happen. And as entrepreneurs, as business leaders, we have to be able to pivot, right? And, and make a decision. Hey, we made a decision back here. We realize now maybe that wasn't the best decision. Uh, and we're having to say, okay, well, we're, we're, we're not going to cry over spilt milk here, but we're going to learn from it and we're going to do better moving forward. So, but now we have more information than we had then and we can make a better decision. So we're pivoting. We've had to do that on a number of different occasions about different things. And then because we had more information, right? At, at one point than we did when we made the decision before. And that's, that could be a whole nother podcast. Maybe we'll do that. We'd love to hear from you if you would love to hear more about things like that. But you got to publish these numbers. And because you want the entire team to, to see and to know from the top, from you, from the leader, where the organization is going. So if, if you don't, they, they feel, they, they just don't feel engaged, right? They don't, they don't know how they contribute to that number. Here's, I don't know this whole story, but, but I, I know a part of the story, there was like a janitor at NASA who was cleaning bathrooms, right? And, and somebody asked him, how, how are you doing? Or how do you track what you're doing? Or why, why, yeah, that's what it was. Why are you cleaning toilets? And he said, that is, it was something like that. Is that is my contr uh, uh, contribution to getting a man on the moon. Like that was his response. He knew that by doing this task, that it connected to the overall mission that they had of getting a man on the moon, right? And that's what you, and that was it's just a prime example of how everybody from the top to the bottom, they need to know how their tasks are directly connected to the overall mission. And so these numbers that we're talking about too, they provide feedback, right? And it's direct feedback. Uh, and that's what I, I like about a number like this too, is that it provides direct feedback to that employer, to that individual, but also to the top, right? And it's, and it's hopefully, and it's hard to do this with some positions. It has been really difficult for me to figure this out for some key or some specific positions, but hopefully it's kind of, it's not subjective, right? I, I don't want it to be based on my opinion every time on how this person is doing, right? Or scoring them in some way. We do have Maybe we do that to some degree in some positions around certain things. But ultimately, I would love to have these numbers in a way that they can see how they're doing, right? And not only can they see it, other team members can see it as well. So there's a ton of accountability there, right? And those numbers then tell a story, all right? They tell a story. And, and when you, when, then when you go to do your alignment meetings, your quarterly reviews, which, we, which I've also laid out in a number of shows, those numbers are going to tell, right, what this employee is up to. And, and it's going to, you're going to be able to elaborate on conversation that you need to have, good or bad, right? So, but every, every business has numbers, everyone. And even if they're a nonprofit, right, they have numbers. And, and but most businesses don't know what those numbers are. And I would say we are at, at LifeBridge, we've, we've known some numbers. And then I would say we, we've not, Always done a great job at continuing to look back at those. Hey, what did we say? Or updating, right? That compass and, and then letting the team know, hey, because of this new information or because whatever, that we need, to, we need to pivot, right? We need to change to do this other thing or to focus on this other thing. Or because of this information, these, these other numbers are changing, which may change their numbers, right? So, but few businesses really, really know these numbers and and he, oh, and he says in the book, the good ones do, right? This isn't what makes them good. But make no mistake, 
It's what keeps them good. I love that quote from Lee. It's not what makes them good, but it is what keeps them good. And that's by knowing those numbers. I know I'll give you his website too. It's called yourmostimportantnumber.com. I would encourage you to go check it out. He has some software that, it, you know, that he sells that helps you track these numbers, but obviously they have implementers. I, th I think similar to like EOS where they help you to implement his, his system, right? And, and, and again, one quick note there, EOS, EES, even, even Lee Benson's system here, they probably all are going to help you in a major way, right? The biggest thing, it's kind of like picking your CRM or whatever. Most important thing is that whichever one you pick, you're using it, right? And so many of these have so many of the same focuses, right? Like I laid out earlier uh, in the show. And so you just got to kind of pick the best one and go with it for a bit. Uh, and then you may find a better one, better one later. But I like this so far, what Lee has laid out. So he, he just, hey, so big on your most important number, right? And knowing what it is and above all others. And so he says the number measures whether or not you're increasing the value of your organization over time, right? Then the number serves as the North Star of metrics and the foundation for your team to be aligned to what's most important. It helps you to make critical decisions to improve what he calls your MIN, M-I-N, which is your most important number. And hold the team members accountable for the work required to arrive at your intended destination. The men drives more value-creating behaviors than any other single measure. I, yeah, couldn't agree more, right? Uh, but, but it kind of goes back to what we were saying a minute ago. It's unfortunate. Most business owners, most businesses don't know what their most important numbers are. Uh, but if you can imagine, he lays out a chart in here. I'll try to describe it to you for our listeners. It's like, if you can imagine a, a uh, at the top, your most important number, uh, and then going out from that in a number of directions, say toward each employee, them also having a, a min or most important number that is, that's affecting, right? Uh, connecting straight up to the, the major or the top most important number, right? So, so it's a, it's a chain, chain reaction, no doubt about it. So. I love how he connects so many things to this number, but he also talks about senior leaders. They're, they're too busy fighting fires, right? I've, I've been guilty of this so many times to do the real work in the organization. You're right. They can't do the real work because they're, they're too busy putting out fires all the time. And as a, re, as a result, they do very little, fo very little work focused on getting better results in the future. So they're, they're too busy. They're so busy putting out fires that they're going to continue to have to put out those fires because they can't step back to do the more, more important work of focusing on better ways to today to get better results in the future, right? And, and he has this definition of leadership, and he says it's the best definition of leadership he's, he's ever heard of. And he says uh, eating, he, and he talks about dreaming versus eating, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But eating refers to getting great short-term results using what you currently have to work with. Dreaming refers to doing things today to get an even better result in the future. In this definition, dreaming is not sitting around thinking about ideas that may be, that may be helpful right in the future. Rather, dreaming is doing things today to get better results in the future. So think about the dreaming versus eating. And, and, he, and he really questions this. And I would question you to think about this too. How much time do you spend eating versus dreaming? Do you know, or do you track that in some way? And, and he says that at most successful companies that he's been at, senior leaders spend 80% or more of their day dreaming. And so those are, those are the most successful ones, right? 
And, and remember, dreaming is doing things today to get better results in the future. Okay, so it's not putting out fires, right? Uh, there, there will be days when emergencies come up, the leaders will shift focus to 100% eating. Of course, I have to do that all the time at LifeBridge. I may shift 100% for a period of time, but I've recently tried to change my schedule, my calendar in a big way so I can have more focused time on this dreaming, which is what he calls it, but ultimately looking from a high level and, and thinking at a high level for LifeBridge long-term and, and improving things today, that gaining right results uh, in the future. So, but in general, you should pursue an 80% dreaming activity state on average is what he says. So I, I love that, you know, Lee Benson points that out. In, in general, you should pursue an 80% dreaming activity. So meaning you're working on those things to get better results, you're right, in the future. And man, instead of putting out fires, I think it's so easy to to just be focused on the fires, right? And and unfortunately, it it leads to, I think as a, as a business owner and entrepreneur, it leads to having to ignore some things that typically you you wouldn't maybe, or you really don't want to ignore. And I, and I, I use this example often because I think we all get caught up in it, but it's email, right? I could spend so much time every day on email. And is it important? Yes, I want to get back to people. I really do. But I, I have to determine, actually, I've built a process for my, uh, my assistant to help me to, to determine which, which emails are most important, right? And we have a system of tagging our emails or so that she goes through and tags my emails, which are urgent or which ones are going to take me longer to respond, but that I do need to respond to or ones that she can respond to. So we're trying to still provide this service to people that email me, but it does mean I have to say no to a lot of emails that I used to respond to, right? Uh, and I want to, but I have to consider hey, what's most important for me today? What's highest and best use of my time? And more times than not, it's this dreaming, just like Lee Benson is talking about. It's that focused time at a high level and not putting out fires or getting caught up in my email. And before I know it, 45 minutes later, I've been responding to emails and I've not been focused on the dreaming piece or on the, the higher level things. So, okay. So I love how you focused even your culture to your financials or this men, right? The most important number. And he, he talks about how so often senior leadership, the, that team, the senior leadership team, they fail to connect intentional organizational culture to financial performance. That's what he says. I love that. Uh, and I think in LifeBridge, we've not done that great, but I, I do feel like we've had a focus there, a big focus on culture. I've worked really hard at that. I know Sam has. And every quarterly, I did see quarterly reviews last week or the week before. And, and everybody says, hey, I love our culture. I specifically, we specifically talk about it, bring it up, right? And, and, and they have a, a document they complete ahead of time. I have questions on there. I want them to take time to fill this out before the meeting so we can have a very productive time together. And there's a number of things around culture. And they, they all will say they love the culture. They feel really good about LifeBridge and the culture here across our employees. And, and so I, I, while I love that, I, I have not done a good job at really connecting this to financial performance. I do know it's connected. Hey, if people feel great about the culture, right? They're more motivated. They know where they're connected. They're all these things, right? They, they feel better about even sharing 
uh, within meetings, whatnot, right? Depending on the culture, which all that drives drives us forward. Uh, but I, I just loved how Lee connected that. And he says, the goal of organizational culture, however, isn't reciting the mission when called upon, which I would say so many that would think that that's it. It is living an intentionally based culture to create more value for your organization, your team members, and ultimately for your customers, right? And in our business, it's for our investors. That is a, a major right, goal, right, of ours. And that's, it's got to be part of the culture as well, that that is, that's what we're doing, right? And, and we know when we are, are bringing more value to our investors, then ultimately we're bringing more value to our team and you know, all of our, every employee, right? And all the way down even to our foundation, right? That's helping families adopt children, which you, you just heard some shows about or talking about the foundation and what we're doing there to help families adopt children. And so, uh, you know, that, that's all part of our culture, right? And, and that's greatly affected by our financial performance and, and vice versa. So a highly effective outcome achieving process should take a life of its own without enormous efforts by the senior team to keep it going. Your teams should be building their own momentum when it comes to getting better results, not waiting for you to keep them motivated. So I like this quote as well. And where he lays out that, hey, they should be able to be motivated, but if they don't know what their numbers are, they're not going to be motivated, right? They're, they don't know, they don't know the, the real direction, right? That the whole company is going and much less them personally within an organization. It goes back to that janitor, right? He knew that by doing this, he, he is helping get a man on the moon. He, he knew their overall mission and he knew that, that what he did every day was connected to that. And that's what we need to do within our organizations. And he starts going into knowing or know what is expected 100% of the time, right? Helping your people do that. And that's what we try to do, try to do through the RREKs, which I briefly talked about earlier. Uh, and have, I've done other shows on that in the past. Would encourage you to go back and, and listen to those where I elaborate on that specific thing in one show uh, quite a bit, how we've implemented that. I would say yeah, that's a, it's a major learning process from the top to the bottom to implement something like that. When, it, when it's just you, and your business partner or whoever in the very beginning, well, you're just kind of doing everything. It, but I, I would say there's a lot, typically, there's a lot less dreaming there, right? You're mostly putting fires out. You do have to think about a number of things at a strategic level, but more times than not, it's, it's firefighting, right, early on. And then as you grow, you hire more people uh, that are specialists, right? And, and they do things, or they should, right? And we've done shows on hiring process, all that stuff. Uh, but you should be hiring people that can do these things better than you can, right? You're bringing somebody in, say, where I was taking all the investor calls for a long time, for years, then I bring somebody in that should be able to do that better than I can, right? And so they're taking a number of, uh, of calls, most of that off my plate, so then I can spend, hopefully, more time on the strategic direction, right, of LifeBridge and thinking, your scale, I'm doing that dreaming like we talked about. And so that's getting better results for the future, right? For LifeBridge. Uh, and so hopefully I'm not just filling that time then where I would have been taking those investor calls. I'm not just filling that time with email, right? Or something else like that or other fires that, that I think are requiring me to have to put out, which more times than not, they are not. Right, so I encourage you to know and help your entire team to know what's expected of them 100% of the time. Uh, and I think that's ultimately what he's getting to here. Uh, again, it's it's a book out of a book called Your Most Important Number by Lee 
Benson. And we're we're out of time today, but I'll I'll try to do a follow-up episode where I'll go into a few other things of how he does this or how he lays this out in the book. But again, I encourage you to look his book up. Uh, I'm grateful for our listeners. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope you have liked and subscribed to the show. Like us on YouTube as well. I, w- I would be very grateful for that. Uh, don't forget to reach out. If we can help you in some way, you can always email info at lifebridgecapital.com if you have a guest that you would like to hear on the show, or if you would like to hear something you'd like me to cover about the way we do something in LifeBridge or something I've learned or about a recent book or, or I don't know, anything, whether it's hiring or I, I don't know, whatever you're struggling with in your real estate business or, or as a passive investor, I'd love to know what it is so we can get you some answers. Have a blessed day. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.